0: Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Red Feather Racing Club, joining me alongside, as always, the great Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome back. I know you were on the road last weekend. Did you enjoy Keeneland?
1: I did. I mean, I love Keeneland, so of course I enjoyed Keeneland. I I have so much fun there, and the weather just suits me so much better than the, the heat. Yeah,
0: it was, it was really crisp. I was there on Saturday. What a crowd. You know, anybody who says horse racing is dead hasn't been to Keeneland on a Saturday in October. Um It right? was phenomenal. I mean, it was packed house, great racing, Um and, you know, it, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's pretty awesome there, I have to say.
1: Yes, it was very fun, and I thought the racing was really good. We won't go over all of the races this weekend, but do you have like one one top race for you from the weekend?
0: I would say the horse that kind of impressed me the most was actually—I don't know if you're going to agree with me—was Muth. Um, you know, Muth was defeated by his stablemate Prince of Monaco uh, back in the Best Pal, and we hadn't seen him since. This was his first time going two turns. And I thought he was striding out powerfully uh, down the lane, and I think he's going to be a force in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile for a guy named Bob Baffert, who you know has probably never won the race before. He doesn't win many races, so it'd be good to see a guy like that uh, win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Michelle, what about you?
1: I I actually did think that Muth was very impressive because he showed a new dimension for us, but yeah. I thought the most impressive overall performance in the weekend was probably up to the mark uh, for yeah Fletcher Winning the Coolmore Turf Mile, he got up in the shadow of the wire, pretty much. Uh, I thought he got beat. The seas. And I, I did, too. I actually thought he got beat, and, you know, I think that that colt wants a little bit longer, but he kind of showed me there that he's pretty much the best turf horse I think we have in North America.
0: I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I was at Keeneland for the day. Cool. You saw, I thought Beer Can Man ran second and was going to get us into the Breeders' Cup, and he had the worst bob I've ever seen. Uh <laughs> to run third it was very depressing but uh he also slipped going around the far turn if, if you want to watch something interesting uh watch just just after the three ace pole at keeneland and beer can man loses his action he drops back a couple lengths and that probably cost him second well i'm it, i'm pretty sure it cost him second in that race but hopefully we'll get some luck and we'll we'll get into the breeders cup with beer can man um we have a good guest today his name is peyton borsma he is the COO of Boardshort Shorts Stables. He's also attending the University of Kentucky, which is interesting. So learn, we'll learn all about Peyton shortly, right after Michelle gives us the three things of note.
1: Well, I think the first thing of note was certainly what we just talked about, and that was Keeneland and the uh, big weekend that they had there for the Breeders' Cup Challenge Series. Um, I think the second thing of note has to be, since we are an owner-based show, was the interview that Mike Rapoli gave to Nick Luck on the NBC broadcast, where he says that he is going to start a new association to have a greater role in the management enhancement of the sports.
0: Yeah, maybe we could get Rapoli back on the show. He was awesome yeah. on the show. It was one of our favorite um, interviews. And maybe next week uh, it would be interesting if we could get Mike back on to talk about his new program. Obviously, it's been all over social media. Um, uh obviously he's got uh the financial power behind him uh he loves mm-hmm. the support um i listen i i I would love to hear more about his plan. I saw it was interesting because on social media you read a lot of people responding to his concept with other ideas and for years i've said we just need to whiteboard it and and find out and prioritize everything and the mm-hmm. one of the issue- one of the issues that i think the sport has is there are so many issues that we often get bogged down trying to solve everything, Um, rather than just say, focus on these three things first, then these will be the three things next, you know? Uh, But, you know, good for him. And uh, we're fans of his, and and I hope, uh, I hope it goes well. hope somehow we can help. Maybe Michelle, maybe we can help Michelle. Maybe we can figure this thing.
1: out. Wouldn't it be fun? It would be, it would be interesting anyway. Yeah. Uh, the third thing of note is just kind of a congratulations out to Aaron Wellman and his partnership group, Eclipse Thoroughbred Racing Partners. They were the first owners to take both the Alcibiades and the Breeders Futurity at Keeneland in the same year.
0: Yeah, they, obviously we know they do a great job at Eclipse. Uh, definitely a, a competitor of ours who, uh, is probably the, one of the premier, if not the premier partnerships, uh, in the country and, and they, that, that was a phenomenal weekend. It's, it was ironic because they had such a good day and then obviously Anaset got beat and then Ness mm-hmm. got beat. It was like their two big stars got beat, but their up and coming horses were phenomenal and, right. uh, congratulations to them. I want, can I go back real quick to that day at Keeneland? Cause I think we skipped over a couple things. Um, that Philly idiomatic, um, oh completely destroyed that field. Now, she but is I was. What a beast, but I will say they went really slow. and Michelle, I was looking at the breeders no Cup one
1: pressured her.
0: I know, but I'm looking at the Breeders' Cup distaff, and I'm thinking to myself, that's a really interesting race because you have a bunch of horses like her, a dare um, uh, the the Philly of Chad Browns in in New York. Uh, oh, yeah,
1: that just won the Beldame, right?
0: Right. And she had won the race previous. To this. She won the big race uh, at the Alabama. The, the, the
1: three year old race, yeah. Yeah. And, and What's so. Name, risk something, something with an R.
0: Yeah, I have to look. Uh, he, but it's going to be interesting because it's kind of like they're all front runners, but they're not all like speed crazy front runners, right? right? So right. I find that race, I was looking at it last night, just trying to handicap it and going like, wow, I wonder who's going to get the lead in here. Uh Uh i
1: i mean here's the thing is a lot of those fillies like you said want to be near the lead but then they they get no pressure like idiomatic still might have been the absolute best horse but she still ran around there with no one breathing down her throat it's a different story when you have someone annoying you the whole way
0: Correct. Correct. Pace makes the race. Trip makes the race. There's so many things. Pressure. You know, it, it's just a lot, a lot, a lot to look forward to in the Breeders' Cup. But hey, I forgot to ask you. Do you do we want to do our Breeders' Cup draft again like we did last year, or was that too much?
1: Oh yeah, we should.
0: We gotta. We gotta maybe set that up.
1: Yes. Well, we better. We only have like 26 days till the Breeders' Cup, or something yeah,
0: like that. Right, right. Let's. We'll talk about it after the show. Let's take a quick break, um, and then we'll bring back uh, Peyton Borsma.
1: The Owner's Box is pleased to be partnered once again with the Breeders' Cup for 2023. And we are just a few weeks out now from the World Championship weekend. But there are still two races left to go in the Win and Your In series. The Quipco Champion Stakes to be held at Ascot. And also the Queen Elizabeth II Stakes over at Ascot as well. So those are Win and Your In's for the Longines Turf as well as the Fan Duel Mile to be run in just 10 days on October 21st. Best of luck to all those horses. Congratulations to everybody that has made it a win, and you're in already. We'll see you at Santa Anita.
0: All right, back here on the Owner's Box, very special guest today, Peyton Borsmuff from Board Short Stables. Peyton, welcome to the show. Hey. Now, I must apologize. I have a son named Peyton with Uh, an A. What's that? Michelle? I want
1: to just tell you how long I have worked to get Peyton on the show.
0: Okay, and I feel like I'm saying his name wrong because I say Peyton, and but is it, it It's Peyton. Yeah, you can say it either way. Okay, I hear it both ways. Why? Why has it taken you this? But how wrong do you say your son's channel? name? I, I usually pronounce the T Peyton like that, which is wrong. I wouldn't necessarily wrong, call it it's wrong. Just the way you pronounce it's just the name. Yeah, it's just yeah. different. Yeah. Well, Hey, Peyton, why has it taken Michelle Yu so long to get you on the show?
2: Well, she's been in contact with uh, one of our trainers, our main trainer, Quinn Howie, and she's asked him over and over again. Quinn mentioned it once or twice to me, but <laughs> I didn't really pay
0: attention or listen when he was talking. Yeah, that that's usually that's usually how good people say about me. So that's good. But tell us, tell us a little bit about you and, and how you got into horse ownership.
2: Well, I personally am not a horse owner. Oh. No, my family owns a group of horses, but originally so Growing up, my dad would always go to the horse races with his older brother, Dane, and they had a super cool connection. It was a family experience. We're in a small town called Grants Pass. We had a little bush track there. Well, after a certain period of time, they both had kids, and they'd take us all to the horse races, and we all loved it. And They'd just pay for our bets, <laughs> and if we lost, then... We wouldn't lose anything, and Perfect. if we won, we got all the profits. So we were all pumped about it. Right? <laughs> well, hey,
0: how, hey, hey a, let me interrupt. How old you old you?
1: That's what I want to do too.
0: Yeah how how old are you? I am now twenty. Oh, well, I think you might be the young oh, oh the God, second youngest guest, second youngest guest we've ever had on the show. How does that make? Oh, who do we
1: have on that was younger?
0: the 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 um, the daughter that sold. The, uh, the, the...
1: Oh yes, Carrie Brogdon's daughters. Yes, Carrie's daughter and the
0: friend. Yes, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. <clears throat> All right, so so Peyton, take us back. You're you're going to the racetrack as a kid. You're at Grants Pass, a very small track, and then then what happens? Well, at a certain point in time,
2: just pretty much out of the blue, my dad was like,
0: "Yeah, it'd be kind of
2: sick to have our own horse run in one of these races, to be like an owner." So we went over to the racing office and we claimed to, we were trying to claim two horses out of the same race. And the lady asked us, she's like, so who's your trainer? And we're like, we don't got one. (laughs) And there's this lady named Darlene Braden, ex-jockey, like right around there. And we're like, Hey, will you be our trainer? And she's like, heck yeah. So we wrote her name down and that was good. The horses got first and second, and we were pumped. We were the first people to claim at Grants Pass in like 10 years. Wow. So initially, we bought a few horses. There were $2,500 claimers, and we worked with Darlene Braden, who's awesome, worked super hard, and she was just super cool to be around. We didn't get a whole lot of wins, though. I don't think I saw one of our horses win for like a year. But one thing that was kind of sick about Darlene, one of the first races we had with her was up at Prineville in Oregon. And the whole family made the trip up to Prineville, which is a couple hours from Grant's Pass. And it's a night race under the lights, and the jockey didn't show up.
0: Oh, no. That I, Darlene, have, I have dreams oh, about that. Oh happening.
1: boy! I
0: have, I have dreams about that happening, and then I have to ride the horse. Yeah, Darlene, she felt so
2: bad <laughs> for us, and she's like sixty years old, and she decides that she's gonna ride our horse. Oh wow! No!
1: way! Oh my gosh, Billy! It's so crazy. she comes
2: out of jockey retirement, hops on the horse, and her whole family's there. They're all pumped. The brothers crying. He's so happy. Because she's, like, legend jockey for the area.
0: Right.
2: And the announcer's starting to get hyped. And in the paddock area. The
1: Grand camp announcer definitely gets excited.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the in the paddock area, our horse, his name is an absolute awe, threw Darlene Braden off. Oh, Just totally threw, oh God. Just totally threw her right off, and she got up put the whip in her mouth and hopped right back on the horse. Oh and goodness. she cruised out
0: there. She 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 didn't win the race, but that that was a sick experience. You know the, I think she should have won that the race. Awesome. I think we gotta change that story because if she won the race, this would might be the greatest story ever told on the owner's box. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyways after a certain period of time, we went from Darlene and then we decided we wanted to try to going to little higher levels of horse racing and we claimed or bought a couple at a two year old sale in California.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But we had no clue what we were doing. We were working with this new trainer called Margie Cantrell.
1: Hmm. Okay. None of the
2: horses turned out to be any good at all. Margie she she did her best and she's a super cool person. But she wasn't really what we were trying to get at and we weren't getting hardly any wins still. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we got a tip from one of our friends because he saw us always buying horses and losing over and over again. And he's like, hey, you gotta work with this guy, Quinn Howie. He's a young guy. He's he seems to be pretty dang good. Right. So his name was Alan Aldrich. We partnered with Alan on a couple of horses that Quinn trained. And all of a sudden It was, we win by five lengths. We win by 10 lengths. We're just winning over and over again. We're like, wow, this is incredible. So much more fun than losing. Yeah, it was. We were like, what in the world? We're getting into the (laughs) winner's circle. The whole family's getting hyped. We're at Ferndale, wherever. And then we decided since every year we'd make a trip down to Del Mar, one or two trips. So we're like, you know, it'd be really awesome. To get a couple horses to run and win at Del Mar.
1: Okay. So
2: we worked with Quinn. We claimed a few horses. We were never in the higher levels of Del Mar. We were always in the claiming races. And we finally got our first win with a horse named Morning Addiction. And yes. That That horse is in That amazing. horse
1: is awesome, by the way.
2: Yeah. She never. Did you quit. see her race?
1: Yeah. I yeah. The race the other day. Okay, yeah. so if you haven't seen this race, 10 of 10 recommend watching it. She's in front by, like, 10, and then she just decides, you know what? I feel like I feel bad for these horses behind me, and she waits for them to come to her. They pass her, and then she re-rallies in, like, the final 16th and wins the race.
0: That was insane.
2: It's I incredible. She, I, I've never met a horse that's crazy. One thing that we always joked about, because <laughs> she's actually she's a spade mare. So... We always joked she,
1: really?
2: she was, Yeah, she's. We always joked that she was so crazy that, and <laughs> she, the owners <laughs> knew she had abilities that they spayed her, and she was still nuts. Mm, oh boy. my gosh! But,
1: it's so rare to see a spayed horse too.
2: Yeah, I think she won like four of six races for us though. She, she was awesome. She she yeah. did that same kind of thing with us at Turf of Paradise. Just she dropped probably twenty lengths back. And I thought that she just got a gnarly injury or something, the jockey had to pull up and
0: she ran third. Crazy. It was one of
2: the craziest things I'd seen.
0: That is wild. That is abs- That that is nuts. This is Peyton Barzma of Board Short Stables LLC on the owner's box. I have a question for you, because you said you're twenty years old. And yeah. one of the things one of the things that I think horse racing struggles with is attracting a younger crowd. So I want to global go global with you and say what does horse racing have to do to get some young people like yourself more involved? Well, I think Let them bet for a lot free,
1: of, Billy, obviously.
0: What's that? Let them bet for free, right. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean that would help, but <laughs> but there, there's a lot of different ways that you could attack that situation. But I think one real problem is just Nobody my age knows anything about horse racing at all. Right. The extent of their understanding of the sport is that horses start in the gate and whichever one finishes wins. They don't know how to read the form. They don't even know that the forms exist. Most of them have never been to the races. And it's not in like mainstream media a whole lot. I I guarantee you if you ask. 40 people at a random university who won the Derby this year, you wouldn't get more than one or two that'd be
0: able to tell you. Sure.
1: Philly doesn't remember who won the Derby this year.
0: Yeah, I can't remember anything. <laughs> it, was, it was so long ago.
1: So, I mean, but how, how do we, how do we but, change that? Or, and do you feel like where you are right now that you want to try and bridge that gap?
2: Yeah, you know, I think there's a couple ways that, we could actually do this but and i have my own opinions and ideas about it but oh,
0: to hear them that's why you're here
2: <laughs> well my my favorite ideas i actually came up with pretty recently is those betting platforms they make a pretty good chunk of money and it's all based on how many people bet on each all the races right well yeah. what they're really struggling with yeah. is getting the younger audience And one way that you could both educate the younger kids and get a future revenue stream but lose some revenue temporarily would be, like, maybe you let all high school students in America make one straight $0.10 pick six every week. And each time – and, like, it wouldn't be them putting any money down at all because gambling would be illegal. It would be them trying to pick the races correctly. And if they were to do it correctly, they'd get whatever the payout was into a scholarship for them for college. Hmm. And maybe you offer like past performances to go along with it. So it could be something that, hey, every week all these high school students are strategizing. They're trying
0: to get some money for scholarships to go to college. Interesting. I, that's the first I've ever heard of it. And by the way, I'm not going to poo-poo it at all. Uh, that, that I love like it. I think we need more suggestions like that. What's your? That was your new one. Is there other ways that you have thought of that, you know, when you're there and looking around and, and there's no other people your age there, you're saying like, hey, well, you guys are missing out. How do you get them there personally?
2: Well, I, I personally get people to the races because since my family has some horses, I can get them excited like, hey, Come to the races with me. It's going to be awesome. We're going to make it a cool experience. I'll get you in for free. I'll pay for your entry or whatever. And I take them around. I show them how to read the form. I've probably taught 250 people how to read the form. And then some people really love it, and they finally, like, they're like, wow, I didn't know all this stuff about the industry. It's so cool. And other people don't care as much for it. And it's kind of hit and miss. It kind of swings
0: 50-50. Sure.
1: So the people that you bring that do care about it, is there a way to, like, capitalize on that and be like, hey, if you need some follow-up help, like, let me steer you in this direction to someone in case you want to come again or, you know, so it's not just on your shoulders?
2: You know, well, most of those people that end up enjoying it, they just go to the horse races on their own after that. I mean, I'll take them a couple times probably. And then, for example, like I've moved around the country a few times now. So I've been from Grants Pass, I went to San Diego State, and now I'm at the University of Kentucky. So I may not be around all the time, and they continue to go, so they must have some sort of drive or liking to it themselves. It's not too hard to get in.
0: What are you studying at Kentucky? Oh, equine science. Equine science? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, at, at UML they have equine business.
0: What does that mean? So, taking it
2: and simplifying it a little bit, it's the study of the management and ownership of racehorses. Specifically, wow. my degree. That's that's
0: insane. It's awesome. So, what? Give me, give, give me an idea of a class because uh, you know, obviously, you're talking. I want to I wanna people. know what,
1: what do you do with that too.
0: Yeah. So for me, I'm
2: looking to one day just manage an operation like Board Short Stables myself okay. and run the whole deal and be able to do all that. This is for me to get an education, to get a full understanding of different aspects of the industry that I haven't been able to see yet. So, so
0: give, give, us, give one us, of like, my classes well, Yeah, What's is, your schedule? I can't wait to hear this. I'm so excited right now. <laughs>
2: One of my classes is thoroughbred
0: investments Okay. and we
2: go through the whole process of purchasing shares in a stallion to budging everything and buying claiming horses, buying brood mares, how to map out what that's going to cost over a period of time and how to like expect certain revenues and what's reasonable to expect. And there also is the process of, Purchasing a farm or running a broodmare operation versus bo- a boarding operation versus a stallion farm. Wow. So it really goes pretty in depth to the financials
0: of the horse racing industry. That's very cool. That, that's really that like, wild. Like, like uh, yeah. I mean, Michelle, I would like to go there.
1: I mean, I went to University of Louisville, and I did the One business program, and we would have to put, like, prospectuses together for, like, stallions, like, how we would market them, but it's a completely different kind of a- aspect than the, the way that, that UK is doing theirs. And but, I'm yeah. in a lot
2: of different classes right now. That's just to sum up one of them, probably my favorite of the seven that I've taken. But,
0: well, give us one more that you really so, like. So,
2: well, one more that's kind of interesting. It's a more general equine class, but I didn't have a full understanding of the different parts of the anatomy of the horse. And Mm -hmm. it does help me get a better understanding for why there's certain parts of the physical conformation we look at that have more significance. So like I can see what the sesamoid bones actually look like and their function Mm -hmm. and get a better
0: understanding of that kind of stuff. Hmm. That's wow. like that That's awesome.
1: all,
0: all I know Michelle has a question. Go ahead, Michelle.
1: Well, it's kind of this deviates from talking about school, but you said that you wanted to eventually use your degree to, you know, run your own your own board shorts. What well, does board shorts encompass this? And what what part do you get to play right now with your family?
2: Well, first, I'd like to run board shorts specifically rather than do my own thing. The own thing, that's more of a – that's a little more up in the air, I'd say. Because right now with board shorts, I am the COO, and I'm basically the strategic numbers guy. I'm the stats guy. Okay. So I'm looking into all different statistical, like, coincidences
1: correlations Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. trying to gauge causation and mitigate risk when we're purchasing yearlings or breeding certain horses to certain stallions and maybe why this one may not be the best choice versus another one
0: interesting huh how many broodmares what what is board shorts how many horses do you guys have now We've got a good number of horses. Most of our
2: high-level horses are younger because it's a pretty new operation to be going to this level. We kind of shifted yeah. from the ten thousand dollars claiming level to now we're trying to get graded stakes winners, which is a pretty dramatic change. Yep. So
1: I mean, you guys most of our high-level
2: really horses nice there,
1: are like at the beginning of the year for like over half a million, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. And she is actually now in – well, yeah, she's in full of Flightline right now.
0: Now, you brought up Flightline. Do – if I – correct me if I'm wrong, but did you guys buy the share of Flightline that was offered? Uh, We do have a share in Flightline. Okay. I was – okay, I was right, Michelle. Yeah. He was pretty good. Good job, Billy. Yeah, he he was all right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean, talk about mitigating risk, right? You're like, do we read the flight line?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and th- that's its own deal. But <laughs> we, we now have a pretty solid broodmare band that just continues to get better and better. And we have a lot of really nice up and coming racehorses. And the idea is to race high quality fillies with great pedigrees and then retire them to be broodmares eventually and join the broodmare band and cycle other broodmares out so
1: so yes where where do you guys keep your broodmares are you kentucky based because you do a a good majority of your racing at least as far as i've seen has been in california
2: uh yes a good majority has been in california now we are kentucky based we used to not be and we've we've even had a lot of broodmares in oregon at Grant's Pass in my okay, backyard. I was to
1: say, yeah, Grant's Pass or <laughs>
2: So, we we do have a few Oregon breds on their way that are out of Kentucky sires, which is kind of interesting. What we used to do, we used to give every one of our broodmares a year off in between breeding mm-hmm. to different stallions because the trip from Oregon to Kentucky
0: was so brutal. Mhm.
2: Right.
0: Interesting. So, so much interesting stuff here. Like, are are yeah. you going to races at Keeneland this weekend? Oh, yeah, 100%. All right, I will be there on – I'll be there That's on – I, I
1: saw him this week, Billy. I was working for NBC, and I literally saw Quinn and started yelling at him, and he's like, Peyton's here, Peyton's here. And so I was <laughs> on air. I had, I had my microphone, everything. I ran over. I'm like, you can't leave unless I get your phone number. I was like, like a completely crazy person.
0: I think we just – yeah, I think we've just kind of made a legend. But here's the thing. I, I can't even buy him a beer. <laughs> I, mean, I mean well so here's Peyton, the thing
1: I want I want to know what Pey, what Payton's goal is right now like this give me your give me your your 6 month and 6 year goal for you
2: Well my 6 month goal is to continue keeping board shorts in a very high class operation and working at the highest level and winning as many graded stakes level races as we can but my six-year goal I look to manage and run board short stables and with that operation I'm looking to hopefully have a couple stallions and maybe even stand some of our own farm.
0: that's very good it's very good Great. I good like idea. that but give us um we we've kind of run through all the Breeders' Cup prep races. You're a st- stats guy. Give us one horse that you think is a lock for any Breeders' Cup race. I'm putting it wide open for you, Peyton. We're gonna get you on the on the uh, you know on the hook here.
2: Well, if I'm gonna go to just any Breeders' Cup race, I'm gonna talk about the Classic and just Archangelo's running style. And his bloodlines, the way it all tracks, I don't
0: see a whole lot of ways that he can lose the Breeders' Cup Classic. I mean, go out. Wow. I like that. that. You know what, Michelle? This kid has confidence. Confidence.
1: That
0: he does. That's awesome. He's got
1: nice brains to back it up, though.
0: All right. Last question. Last question for you, and then we'll let you go. We've taken up a lot of your time already, Peyton. Um, What since you started this as you were a kid until now that you're 20 and in school and CEO of board shorts and the whole thing, give us, if someone's listening right now and they're a younger person, give them a piece of advice to get involved in ownership. How should they, how do they do it?
2: Well, the best way to get involved in any aspect of the horse industry is to simply just show up to the big horse events. Every one of the top dogs is always going to be there. So at any of the the big sales like the September sale, maybe down at OBS and the March sale or the April sale, like the November sale, just show up to the sales and go talk to people. Introduce yourself, maybe ask them what they do. You can look into who you want to meet and talk to. Most people would let you job shadow them or mm-hmm. possibly even work for them. So
0: I'd say just show up to as much stuff as you can. I like that. I like that. I I feel now I feel kind of bad that Peyton Peyton never came up to me and asked me to do anything.
1: Well, he (laughs) says people that that
0: are big that he likes. Did he say say respect also? I I heard him say that he respects. (laughs) I'm sure he
1: did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Peyton, we'll let you off the hook. Peyton Beresma-Borsma, you've been a, a absolute pleasure to speak to. Uh, I'm going to try to track you down on Friday at Keeneland. I'll shake your hand and buy you a Diet Coke. <laughs> All right. All right, my Diet man.
1: Diet Coke. Good well,
0: I, I can't buy him a beer or like a whiskey. He's 20.
1: Yeah. I All mean, right. in, in theory, but also, you know what? I think his family likes coffee. You should probably offer to buy him a crappy cup of coffee. All we
0: right. <laughs> We'll right. We'll, right. We'll, we'll, we'll have a coffee. There you go. We'll have a coffee. Peyton, you enjoy yeah. Kentucky. We will be watching. Uh, is there a horse in Southern California that Board Shorts has real quick before we leave that we should look out for in the next couple of weeks?
2: In Southern California, I don't think we have a very
0: strong presence right now. We just right. kind of shifted everything over here. Okay. Well, well, come on and join us out here in SoCal. We we could use we could use some horses and some we could use some young people like you. So we're looking forward to it. Thank you again for coming on the show today. Mm-hmm. All right, good How luck. You? See you this weekend. Thank That's you, Peyton. Peyton Borsma here on the owner's box michelle i when he first started, I was a little concerned like he wasn't you mean when the
1: like, first line was I'm not bored, George
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I was a little bit I was a little bit worried, but you know he really came through, and I think he's um to me. If I'm a younger person, and I don't know how many young people listen to this show, but I think it's kind of inspiring that, you know, he's at Kentucky, he's learning, he's taking those classes. To me, that's a great way to get involved. And I don't think it matters how old you are. If you're interested in horse racing, I think it's a great point. If you're interested in horse racing, like we are starving for you, right? We right. Yeah. we want you. I had a guy call me the other day with a, with a bunch of ideas, and I listened and talked to him and said, you know, hey, keep going, you know. It's not necessarily anything I can do, but there are plenty of people out here that are willing to take you under their wing and and really um, show you the ropes and, and and get involved. And I think that's a really that's the first time anybody's ever said that go to the big events, um, which I thought was really smart advice, especially coming from a person who is uh, much younger. I have kids older than Peyton. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't, but I do. But anyway, that, that's my take. Michelle. How, how did you feel?
1: I just, I really loved how he kind of jumped right in there with his stories, and it's like he chose the perfect stories to tell us that were engaging. And their whole ride has been unlike another story that we've heard, which I thought was very cool. Um,
0: right? Um, Can you imagine he he was going from claiming twenty five hundred dollars horses, and now their family has a share in Flightline. Like that's, right.
1: that that's pretty
0: cool. That's pretty wild. That's I pretty wild. Most
1: people don't go from Grant's path to, you know, there. <laughs> yeah,
0: they did. Good for, and, but uh, well, I say good for them. You know, there yeah. there's times there's so many haters in our game and, and, and jealousy runs rampant, uh, in our sport. And, uh, but I don't think on this show, I think you and I are the type that we, we really root for people and, and, uh, you know, I think that's a really well, cool. Not
1: only that, but look at, like, like he said, we had like over, they had over a year where they weren't winning any races. And mm-hmm. instead of, and they, they, they went and they, you know, they randomly found a trainer. They picked their own horses to claim. And, yep. and when it didn't work out, they weren't like, well, this sucks. I'm going to quit. They figured out a way to, to make it work. Yep.
0: I like, you know? his, I like his idea. What do we just, we send racing, like simple to read racing forms with instructions to high schoolers and they put in their picks. And they get scholarship funds. Right. Interesting. I mean someone should do that. I don't know. Why not? Yeah, like You know what I don't like? I, I don't like when, when people say
1: no it won't work. Yeah. Like, or, we haven't done that before or
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I can't yeah. stand that.
0: All right. Tell us what's coming up at um at the Great Race Place this weekend, Michelle.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So the Great Race Place, we have no racing on Friday because we had Monday racing. So we have racing just Saturday and Sunday. And on Saturday, it's Oktoberfest.
0: Will you be wearing that, the, uh, the laden hose? Oh my
1: gosh. I, okay. So that's so funny that you mentioned that, Billy, because last year, Santa Anita gave away these shirts that make you look like you're wearing <laughs> the hosen. Right. And they have like big boobies. Oh God. Um, and so I wore it out the other day and I didn't I didn't like really realize like what I was wearing. It was mean, just a t shirt I put on. Mm-hmm. And, and when I went to the post office everyone was like staring at me. Uh and I was like, Oh well that's probably that's probably why I'll send you a picture of what it looks like right now. But if we give if we do a giveaway like that again, it's really funny.
0: All right. So that's Saturday.
1: Uh, so And we also have the Ultimate Fan Experience going on, the Family Fun Zone. <laughs> Remember, those Biscuit Tram Tours are back. I do. And we are giving away a Zenyana pin and a Santa Anita hoodie, if you are um, members of the – I, I changed, they, they changed the name from the thoroughbred thing to, like, the first club or something. I'm not sure. That's but, you this, know, the little booth that's, that's right inside.
0: I love this picture that you sent me, by the way.
1: Isn't that hilarious?
0: Very funny. Yes. <laughs>
1: Uh, And then on Sunday, of course, we have live racing with the California Flagstakes, and it's still Oktoberfest continuing on. We do have those two big new wagers as well. Um, Well, one new, the All-Turf Pick 3, which is the last three turf races on our card every race day. And then we do have the return of the traditional Pick 6 with no jackpot pool.
0: Fantastic, Michelle. Well, we are part of the In the Money Media Network. I never know if I'm saying that right. Uh, Text us. No, don't text us. Email us, Billy. Don't little feather. Te- text Billy. You can text me. I don't care. My number's on the internet, so you can text me if you need me. At uh, own a horse is our Twitter handle. At the Michelle U uh, at B K L R F. As we get closer to Breeders Cup, I am putting Michelle on a quest to get us some great owners that will be out here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, to see the Breeders' Cup horses go around. It's been pretty cool, Michelle. Arcangelo is breezing, and, and White Abario is breezing. Is there one horse that you've seen that that's, has stood out to you uh, at Santa Anita thus far? I know the Asmussen horses are there.
1: Uh, Good question, actually. So I, I have not, not gotten to see Arcangelo in person because he came just before I left, and when he did his little work, uh, I was in Keeneland, I felt – I felt like just from seeing him in passing, he's not as big as I thought he was going to be. Um, And I think that White Abario has looked good working. I know he had that little minor step back because he had a foot issue and they had to change his shoes. They took off his shoes.
0: Um,
1: But I think overall, I love when people bring their horses out early. So hopefully this week I'll get to see some more and I'll have a better update for you next week. But the Asmuth and Horses, I hadn't seen train the whole time before I left because, again, they came in like a day before I, I left for Keeneland
0: got you well special thanks to Peyton Borsma of board shorts stables LLC uh hopefully I will get to meet him on Friday Michelle you're the best.